this is your job. Make sure there is food on the table. Like life isn't about F this. I'm out here. We about to go in. We about to go in. We really about to go in. So fact, we were just making the best out of what we had. That's that's. I feel like that's exactly. Interesting. 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 Are the questions are okay? Do you think they were like too generic to like? Oh, no, I'm good, bro. Like, question, you know, I just feel like <laughs> with these questions, it's gonna bring up like more, more memories and stuff from the back of my head that I could just keep on adding yeah. to the podcast. You know, like I was looking at them early and I was just thinking about mad thoughts that was coming through my head. And I'm Same. Out so. Same. Yeah. Everyone, I'm Izzy, and welcome to Izzy's Network, the podcast. The conversation on this episode will be about disparities in public education. I have a special guest. <laughs> Round of applause, Ralph. What's up, y'all? How doing? Um, my name is Raphael <laughs> Whittingham. I'm um, old classmate of Izzy, Kenosi High School, class of 2011. Shout out to the class of 2011. Shout out to all you guys who are listening to my podcast. Um, and today we're going to share our personal stories attending a public high school in Brooklyn. And part of my job today is while we're having these personal conversations, is kind of contextualizing um, and building this conversation through a sociological point of view. But before, oh wait, you need to plug in your business. You thought I'm not gonna let you slide. Go ahead, guest introduction. Let's go. Um, Shut out your business. So I graduated from college with. Um, exercise science degree so um, I do sports performance and personal training basically you know helping athletes and our generic population of everyday um, people just to get better through exercise um, you can find me on Instagram through just rap double underscore that's my personal IG and I also have another Instagram page on um, mayhem SP m-a-y-h-e-m s-p underscore and that's where I um, post my training content and everything if you want to check that out awesome he's great I've seen him so you should <laughs> check him out thank you thank you I appreciate it <laughs> I wasn't expecting that <laughs> alright before we continue here are your updates don't forget to subscribe write a review share the podcast and follow my podcast page Izzy's Network on Instagram to get the latest notifications and also write a review, please write a review because you know, as there's like one review, and I'm like, who are these trolls? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, who who's out here hating? Like, I don't understand. But yeah, so just make sure you support, and by part of supporting my podcast is like subscribing, um, sharing, and liking, keeping up to date with what I'm doing. So first things first, shout out to Jada Smith for bringing clean water to Flint, Michigan. The first ever water box is pumping out clean water to Flint residents at the First Trinity Missionary Baptist Church. So the water box um, basically goes through multiple filters to remove any minerals, um, lead, or other contamination um, from the water. So that way it's you know suitable for people to drink. So just to, that is great, right? To give a quick background, so just we're not lost, like, oh, well, why did Jaden Smith bring a water box? Well, 
back in 2014. Um, there was Flint had a water crisis. After they decided that they were gonna change the water source from Lake Huron and the Detroit River to a less costly source, and they transferred the water to Flint River, which was really crazy because people. I remember when news broke out, they said that many of the residents was like, um, I don't believe you guys are going to change it to the Flint River because like this is water that has never been tested. Right. If you look for like it's like you like changing the water to the Hudson River. Like yeah. like <laughs> dutty, that's right? A lot, that's a lot of water. Dutty. To change, right? it, exactly. <laughs> really that's a lot of water change. Dirty is if the water the water has not been tested, treated, anything, but right. they just um, automatically shifted this water source. And subsequently, what happened was it exposed over a hundred thousand residents to elevated to elevated lead in their bodies, causing a lot of major health issues um, within the community. That's what it was. Wicked, right? Uh, and you know the person was a Republican. Maybe not though. You know what? Let me not yeah, do that. Let me not. Let me not. Let me not. I love all people. <laughs> First thing, second, the R. Kelly interview. What's your, what's your thought about that? Hilarious. You, I mean, what? I didn't even watch it, but you know, I've just seen, you know, everything's on social media. So, you know, all the trolling that's been going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny to me, but, um, you know, didn't the, like, two girls that was with him, like, they were saying, like, oh, our parents are wrong. Yeah. He wasn't doing anything to us. So, it's just like, oh, man. Um, that was... I'm not gonna... He's crazy, you know. He's, I, honestly, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> one one day he's innocent, and now you got people backing him up. Like, this is a crazy situation. Uh, you know and, what? You brought up a good point. It's a crazy it situation. I think that in hindsight, when we really, when everything unveils, it's going to really show the true character, the like the true nature of this person. Right, right. What's really odd is that, let's not forget the fact that these women don't have contact with the parents. In order for them to contact the parents, like they have to go through, well, for the parents to have any communication with their daughters, they have to contact the, ma the manager or some, some like person in the R. Kelly camp to at least try to get in contact with the daughter. So which means that these two women are not even like, based on, like based on how they're regulated, they're not even allowed to like go to graduations, go to events, this, that, and third, right? And literally, who makes those decisions is R. Kelly, right? So, which I think is sticky because, like, here he is. Let's not forget, like, there's some type of control that's happening, right? So, I just feel like he's guilty all the way. He's guilty all the way. But, yo, stay updated with the R. Kelly, right? This is about to be like the next OJ time 10. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I definitely need to get caught up. Yeah. Facts. So, I know I have a lot of updates, but second thing, third. <laughs> so, I know most of us have been receiving spam calls. Like, luckily, some of them can. Yo, what's up with that? Depend like, <laughs> my phone was every, every day, 10 in the morning. Like, yes, on a routine. Like, spam calls are calling us. Like, these, like, when you get a phone call that says scam likely or a number that's unknown or a number that's kind of like it looks like your number, but right. the last four is like different. Those are all like spam calls. And the reason why they were able to. Um, make these calls is because it's easy for them to like tap into the phone business or the operating business to make those particular calls. Okay. However, um, the research from the communication security firm has suggested several ways that you can minimize the number the number of annoying spam calls that arrive on your phone. 
So the first thing you should do is, they suggested, is add your number to the national do not call registry. The next thing is that you can make sure your provider has some type of, um, like, I don't know what you call it, like those screens, so that way, I don't know for iPhone, it, sh- it shows scam likely. Right. So, or you could just download, there's, there's apps that are available where you can, for free, that you can kind of um, have, yeah, so that way you can black or screen those. I thought something was going on, I'm like, this thing been going on for months. Yeah, it has, it's getting, it's actually getting a little ridiculous, like that's, like, I'm like, oh, we must be in a relationship, relationship, because you call me every day at the exact time, like, you are committed, like, you are committed, so, yeah, and also, like, just block specific numbers on your phone, so, if, like, if it, even though it says spam likely, just go on your recent, block that number, that's what it is, and I think the last thing, which is, I know, last thing, last thing, definitely the last thing, um, related to international news is that the violence and corruption that's happening in Central America, the U.S. is playing a big factor because they're actually selling guns in Central America, right? So, <laughs> right. So, which is like one of the biggest factors why mig- there's a lot of migration um, from Central American residents or Central American people who are moving up north to the United States, like seeking asylum because they're really they're trying to escape violence and escape. Um, like corruption and abuse in the particular country and government instability in that particular country. The US is, even though research shows like it's insufficient, they're still selling guns in these countries and are like, research supports like, no, you should not be doing that. But your president thinks otherwise, <laughs> right? So yeah, and that is the update. So let's get into the content. Good <laughs> Learned a lot today. <laughs> Good. <laughs> So, to provide, to provide some content here, um, so we so education um, has been a big advocate, right? Has been used as a as a central point to improving mobility, um, improving economic opportunities, and reducing a lot of you know um, reducing the racial disparities between like black and white or black and other racial and ethnic groups, right? And what people um, unless you are particularly in the field of a particular discipline, there people a lot of people don't know a lot of the education issues that go on in the U.S. context, particularly in public education, right? In my bonus episode, I talk about tracking, right, as one to be a, a significant problem where black students and brown students are tracked into particular basic programs where you have more white, Asian, and other groups tracked into higher AP courses because right. of race, because of the, I think it's called the, um, I can't remember right now, and I'm not gonna say the wrong word, <laughs> but specifically, and then another part would be like bilingual, like, like the reason why there's certain, um, like certain schools don't have bilingual, but certain schools do have bilingual mm-hmm. um, classes for students. So there's a lot of issues here, but particularly we're going to talk about inequality because this is something me and Ralph has faced in the school we went to. Right. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's just let's just start. Let's just start. Okay. We both attended the same high school, right? That was phased out, and by phased out, I mean that they were not accepting any incoming freshmen. The mayor at the time has decided to shut down the school. So I want to know, Ralph, what was your last impression that you can remember attending? Canarsie High School. I mean, um, 
my last impression that I had from graduating from Canarsie was like, it was just like, thank God I made it out, but at the same time, you know, they was like pushing us out. Yes. You know, from our from our freshman year, yes. going all the way up to our senior year, it was just like they were literally just like <laughs> reducing our high school experience to like to the worst possible way they can. Mm-hmm. From having a whole school to walk around, you know, be around like what were we at? Three floors in Canarsie? Yeah. Three to four floors. floors. Three and floors. To my senior year I only I could only walk around on my first floor. Like that was just crazy, you know. Um, mm. Taking, taking away all our resources, teachers having to leave the high school, you know, we have less teachers. It was it was crazy. And then the new the new students that were coming in, because you know, we, they had, we had to change our high school to a campus and they added three more other schools to, to, um, to Kanashi. So I'm sharing a whole building with three other schools. Mm. So that's less space for me. They have more. They have. They have. They have, they have more space to, to roam in the high school. You know, it. they're getting better opportunities than us. It's just like wow. Like in a sense, I mean, at that time, I didn't see it. You know, I like. We just lived through it. We just yeah, like we okay, just, this is what it is. This it. is what's going on. Whatever. And it's crazy. Like we had to stick together. That's one thing I started to see. You know, we, we got smaller and smaller. So we were forced to like you know all get to know each other well because uh, we on yeah. one floor now. <laughs> yeah, that's now true. we on one floor. We got to see each other every day. And like I just started to see like you know a lot of click and everybody started to started to get together and stick together while we um while we endured the the last those last moments of high school. Yeah. So that's serious. It was <laughs> it was it was different. You that's know. serious. But you, you brought up something really interesting. So you mm-hmm. so you said that one of the things that you saw were that students right we now we have to share a building with three yeah. like with other schools in our own building, right? right? right. We came here first. <laughs> Y'all got more stuff than us. Like, right. It was crazy. So and to, <laughs> To, to say, like, these two, mind you, like, in reference to the computer lab, like, mm-hmm. we had Dell desktops mm-hmm. with keys missing from the keyboards, right? right? While, these two, while these new schools had a couch, AC, we never AC. had AC. Yeah, they got lounges and everything. Lounges, they, they, had, they had all new technology. They had, right. they had the Apple computers, mm-hmm. Apple desktops, and we literally had nothing. nothing. So, oh, and they had smart boards. That's when smart board became really, right. really popular, right. but That's we were right. still stuck with the same chalkboards. 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 We had chalkboards. Exactly. Regular chalkboards. Exactly. So it's so <laughs> so as students like we so and that's the thing like I think one one of the biggest deficit into um, integrating schools and shutting down schools and implementing these new schools is that the they had they probably whoever created this policy had a good intention of like oh you know we're trying to make education better but at the same time what you're forgetting is the people who are still in that space who has to witness these disparities to know like oh we don't have funding for you but we have funding for them oh yeah oh we care about education but we care about educate education for specific people mm-hmm. and how it hurts us mentally was the fact that at first we're like oh no like this is you know, we we psychologically are taking it in, right. but we're not processing it until after we leave high school, right? right. Which is the problem, and and a part of the phase out process is you know you know teachers are leaving. We don't have chemistry, we don't have physics, right. we don't have many of these important <laughs> classes right. that we should have taken while in high school to make us more competitive in a college in process college, right. and in college while we're in school. And we're and part of the phase out process also is the is the is the long term effects. Um, where students are having difficulty found employment, students are having difficulty to 
pick or go to attend a really good school, um, having difficulty to find the social and cultural capital in order to, to find the mobility to navigate spaces in their day-to-day lives, right? right? So it's it's really deep, and I'm so happy to have you here because, like, a lot to share with y'all, a lot to share. This is, like, this is not okay. Like, it's not okay that we have to experience this, experience this. And it's not okay for those other schools across the U.S. to our con- like schools in Chicago are being shut down, mm-hmm. right? And you already know there's a violence problem. There's a like there's just so much going I mean, on in Chicago. So that, now that you brought up violence, that's one thing. Oh yes. I I will say that the phasing out helped. Because mm. honestly, you remember my freshman year in '07? That was crazy. wild, pretty wild. I remember <laughs> that it. was that was a big eye opener for me. I was because you know I went to predominantly white schools and fresh and on in junior high school and, and, and elementary school. So, like, coming to Canarsie and see, and then going through that culture shift mm. of, you know, going to a predominantly black high school in the city, it was just like, all right, this is different. <laughs> like, I, I definitely didn't know what I was getting myself into, but, like, you know, as the years went on, got more quiet. You know what I thought was pretty messed up? What's that? So, like, the students who weren't going to make it to right. graduation, mm-hmm. they weren't, remember they were all in, like, one side of the hallway? Right. I feel like that is... Oh, so yeah, fucked do, oh up. yeah, you right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was so that's fucked right. up. Yeah, that, that, that was, was messed crazy. up. Like, like basically, also another, and th- that's like again, like psychologically, like fucked up, mm-hmm. right? That you have like these students who you know are not going to graduate, mm-hmm. so you purposely put them all in one room in one side of the hallway. That's right. That's yeah, not okay. I, I do remember that. That's, that's not okay. Crazy. So again, issues in education. Mm-hmm. Right, issues in education. So let me let me ask you this: How did you feel, right, being a student while in school at Canarsie, and how has that changed since you graduated? Um, I mean, while while you know while all the, the um shenanigans were were going on as we were graduating, you know, um, I still had a great experience nonetheless. You know, mm-hmm. I had a, I had some I had some close friends. You know, I also was a um athlete there at Canarsie. And you know, that that also the football program was also affected negatively mm-hmm. by, by the phasing out. Mm-hmm. Um having 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 three different four different schools on different schedules, you know, that messed with that messed with practice time, lifting time, like that really messed up our, our, um, our itinerary when it came to, to um scheduling preparing for games, preparing for the next season, That's preparing deep. for everything. So it was just you know, I gotta wait. I gotta wait for my teammate from this school to get out this time. My teammate from this school gotta go, gotta go do this for class at this time. Like it was, Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we all weren't on one page. You know, you you're on the team, you gotta be on one page. So that's that's another thing that that also affected me. But um, you know, nonetheless, I still have fun at Canarsie. You know, um, I always challenge authority, low key. You know, <laughs> I would act like you know I was a good kid, but you know, I was. I was still going on the other floors, messing with the other. I'm not, not messing with them. Excuse me. I wasn't messing with. Like, Don't I would, lie. I, I would go to the. I would go to <laughs> other schools. You know. See, I had teammates. You know. I would go sometimes. Go float with the other girls in other schools at the time. You know. So you know, we were, we were still having fun. Like, I, I I challenged. I was a rebel. I challenged the authorities there. You know. Facts. But, do you, Do you think that because you were an athlete? Because I know for me, when I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, because of this label I had, it right. kind of protected me from the other, um, from like the much harsher like disciplinary codes, mm. right? Because we're athletes, we're like, oh, like, ha, like, oh, this person's an athlete. This person means nothing. Oh, this person, right. like, so well, they. I feel like because we're athletes, it kind of labels us as good in a sense. But mm-hmm. those who weren't athletes, they were like, okay, this student. So um, I felt like we were able to like have more power in that space because of because we're a athletes. A little bit. I would say that. Um, I would say that. 
Yeah, we did have more power because, you know, being on the football team after school, like sometimes we use the side doors to like come in and out of school sometimes to get our food and come practice and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, you remember Mr. Wilson? I think so. All right, so this Dean had came in, I think he came in our junior year, our last two years. Was he tall with glasses? Yes, yes, I remember yes him. He, Mr. Wilson. I remember once he didn't care about football team I and think he's like that. I think he's suspending me for being in the gym one time. You, you've, exactly. I don't That's like That's what I'm saying. He did not care. You see, he did not care about athletes. He didn't care about anybody. So I remember one time, I came through the side door with my lunch for um, for practice. You know, it was after school. I always did this after school. Went outside, got my lunch, came through the side door. Oh, I think it's the next day or the next couple of days, he comes to me, oh, we saw you on a camera coming through the side door. I'm sorry, I have to suspend you. I'm like, you know, I ain't coming here with a gun. I ain't stab nobody. I ain't fight nobody. You know, it's just... It's he was suspending everybody. Everybody. Like, he did not care. And I'm just like, you really suspending me for using the side door to get lunch before I go to practice? Uh -huh. Which in which which is wrong in the quote-unquote rule books, but like, come on. Yeah. Especially especially a guy that didn't really, you know, I, I didn't give any... I wasn't messing... I didn't give any trouble, you know, I was... As a kid that always went to class and everything, so it's just like, why, why are you doing this to me? And he's right. just like, he's just like, well, it's the rules. I'm sorry, like, I'm just and like, yo, whatever. Which goes to my thesis, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I wrote a thesis on the criminalization of the black body in school spaces, mm -hmm. and part of one of my th one of my um, one of the factors I've used was discretion. He literally used his position and with discretion right. to again create a particular climate where he was just suspending everyone like he actually when he suspended me he laughed he's like yeah you're in the gym i mean i was done with school i didn't want right. to go home like at this time like yo i'm literally just in this building to, for practice because i don't want to go home mm -hmm. i'm just gonna chill out the gym like what am i what am i really gonna do right. and he legit suspended me like it's not like i was missing class or anything but he legit he's legit suspending everybody yeah. Which is again like another problem with education because how how leadership is also um, how leadership occurs in certain school spaces can really determine the trajectory of a students, mm -hmm. right? So one statistics and widely reported is that the more you suspend students, the less likely they're going to graduate, the less likely they're going to you know use their voice, the less likely they like the it minimizes their capital their social capital as far as communication, interaction, networking, that which are valuable skills for them to move forward after they move on from high school. Yeah, boy was out here power tripping. Huh? <laughs> he was definitely out here power tripping. Like using his power, <laughs> power using his power just, just power to, tripping, that's yeah, what it's called. Yeah, right. he's out, he's really using his power just to show everybody like, yeah, I'm the man around here right now. Like I'm just like that that was that was one of the corniest reasons I ever got suspended in my life. I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Suspended me for that. Yeah, that's crazy. I mm, 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 mm. so and so you talked about that, right? And how has that changed? Like, when you when you think about the culture of that particular school, how like did you, when you when you after you graduated, you mm -hmm. went to college, and I think these college classes, you're interacting with like different groups of people mm -hmm. and learning about other other people's schools, high school experiences. Like, did you ever feel like, yo, I really went to, like, I was really oppressed in that space. Oh, like, yeah. I was really, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I was, yeah, we were, we were being oppressed in that space, you know, especially, you know, going to college, um, playing football at, at, at um, in undergrad and, you know, meeting people from different states and everything and hear about their cultures and their high schools. Like, I was robbed of high school experience. That's how I feel. But, you know, but, nonetheless, I had a great, I had a great experience at high school because I was, I didn't really 
feel like I was being oppressed, you know, I was... Or, I, that, or like, not at least, like, being... or. Nah, we were being oppressed. We were. <laughs> we, we were. were we we yeah. were being oppressed, but <laughs> we, we couldn't identify <laughs> we, that yeah, we as students, we right? Couldn't. So I was just. We were just making the best out of what we had. That's that's. Ex- I feel like that's exactly what. High key. Yeah, that's feel like that's exactly what we were doing at the moment. Like, look, this is all we got. We all we got. We got to make the best out of this. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, compared to everybody else else's high school experience, it felt like they were just like. In college, before they got to college, when I was just mm. like, wow, like, you guys had it great. To the point where, you know, where we're at in college, it was like, yo, man, my high school is better than this college. I'm like, man, what, what high school you went to? <laughs> like, 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 come on. Like, so that, that was, like, the difference between yeah. what, what I hear about other high school experiences and mine. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so, like, for me, you know, because I can't just have you share. I got to share, too, because right, we both right. went to the same high school. Mm-hmm. Um you know, being a student at Canarsie, I was just definitely like, okay, well, like, it's so hard for me to, like, really put myself back into that memory because I know, because I have learned so much after the fact, right. right? So, like, just being a student, I'm just, like, trying to think back, okay, yes, literally, like, clockwork, one block before I get to the building, mm-hmm. I'm taking off my belt, I'm taking off any jewelry, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, that's right. just just so when I get to in front of the building and I gotta go through the metal detectors, I don't have to deal with the long process, with the hassle of these school safety officers, with the rudeness of whatever adult is in there trying to push the line as fast as they can to try to get us to class on time. So I remember that very vividly and I also remember like, again, just thinking like, yo, like, okay, so we're just in this class. Right, we're doing the best we can, right? And we're just literally living the experience of what it means to have to of the inequities in that public space, in a public education, like not having the proper textbooks or textbooks that are way out to date. Learn European texts rather than no not like books or or classes that kind of represented, right, the majority of the black people in the school. Or just like what else? I don't know. Like just basically I like basically just me basically have to play fake just to like be nice to a, like to the adults just so because I know if for one one little thing I will be labeled immediately. There was a big labeling problem. Right. Um there was a big labeling problem where if you did one little thing that's you're automatically labeled deviant, you labeled bad and then again statistics shows when you start labeling these kids, they actually become the statistic and then ultimately the trajectory becomes worse, right? So there's a lot of issues. I remember like back as a freshman, there was this te- there was this teacher, she was just like, Oh, just like there was this rumor and she was like, Oh, just claim the rumor. Like and I'm like, claim the rumor. Claim. Who said that? What's these? She was like, she's like she just she was like, just admit it, just admit it. and I felt in in hindsight I think what she was trying to do mm-hmm. was like, um, don't let people take the power from you, reclaim back power. Right. But like terrible advice, mm-hmm. right? And and it's crazy how a particular climate can completely change your mindset and you can really be up on guards, right? Because of how people are labeling you in that every space day. every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Definitely every day, right? Problematic, right? <laughs> so me just being a student and not, again, like, I'm just like, just a, like a regular black girl going to Canarsie every day just literally living through that experience what's provided to me right what's given to me what's what opportunities are accessible to me 
and what has changed after when I graduated and went to college and took sociology 100, I was just like, hold the fuck up. You telling me there's structures there? Because I used to be so sad. I'd be like, I'm, I can't even write a two-page paper. Why am I taking this basic-ass English class? Right. But like students who are college-ready in English are taking 107. And I'm here, right. got to state extra hours on Fridays, and I'm still struggling mm-hmm. with C's and D's. I was just like, yo, like, I cannot write a paper. Why can't I write a paper? And I have, I can't, when I took sociology and I started learning, I started, like, my discipline became an inequality, I started to learn, like, yo, like, there's something systemic here. Like, there's structures in place, right, that kind of propels or kind of, you know, shapes a student's experience. So because of that, it was just like, oh, wait, let me not blame myself anymore that the fact that I cannot write, but understand that there were conditions in place for me to learn not how to write. And I had to learn that very quickly when I got to school, when I started, when I attended um, undergrad. And there's a lot of issues with like the fact that there's a lot of policing in school, mm-hmm. right? Again, like, pr- like creating this harsh climate, that climate is not okay, right? With the, the climate is supposed to be very like inclusive, very like not a very top-down approach, but like students have the knowledge as well as administrators, as well as the teachers, and literally combining that experience for a much like, I guess, youth, like beautiful, whatever it is. I don't know what that right. is because I never experienced it attending Canarsie, mm-hmm. but it's just really interesting I mean, to- I, I feel like, I feel like wherever you attend school, that should be a utopia. Mm. I feel like your, 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 our children in the future, like they, should be, they should be coming f- back from school. Like, hey, you, you ask them, how, how was school? They tell oh, school was great today. Like, that should be their, you know, I mean, every day is not perfect, mm-hmm. but th- that should be their answer most of the time. Yes. You know, we right. shouldn't be going to school, be depressed and everything, you know, but like, I understand you, we, um, we start to grow socially mm-hmm. as we get into high school and college and everything, you know, we're going we're gonna to be judged by others. We're going to judge others also, you know, that's just part of growing up and find out who we are as ourselves but like high school and undergrad and everything it, it's, it shouldn't be like a bad experience it should really be utopias for yeah for um for students yeah. our conversation will continue in the next episode you can listen more by downloading part two thank you for listening